The past is history. The future is a mystery. But today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. Father Dean Perry quoted that line in his Christmas homily a few weeks ago, as many of you will recall. He had recently heard it in the movie Kung Fu Panda, which incidentally is not a bad film. You might want to rent it on your way home. It'll give you something to do tomorrow if you're snowed in. You can watch it. I mention this line today on the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord because, believe it or not, this well-known expression is also very baptismal, as I hope to make clear in a few moments. There are, of course, a number of differences between the baptism that Jesus Christ experienced 2,000 years ago and the baptism that we experience now as contemporary Christians. His was the baptism of John. Ours is sacramental baptism. He did not need baptism of any kind. We do need baptism in some form in order to be saved. He, in a certain sense, sanctified the water when he received his baptism, whereas we are sanctified by the water when we receive ours. Jesus Christ was baptized in humble submission to his Father's will, not because he needed forgiveness for sins. We need to be clear about that. He had no sins to be forgiven for. He was not a sinner. Although what's interesting is Jesus was willing to look like a sinner that day at the Jordan with John. Think about it. All the other scoundrels and interesting personalities who were coming to be baptized by John. Jesus was a part of that whole crowd. He was willing to look like a sinner, prefiguring what would happen a few years later on that cross when he would also look like a sinner in dying for our salvation. Which brings us back to that line from Kung Fu Panda and how it applies to the baptism that we receive today as contemporary Christians, a baptism that draws its power from the cross of Jesus Christ. The past is history, the future is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. Take that first phrase, the past is history. We all have a past, do we not? <laughs> Some of us may have a more colorful past than others, but we've all got one. Do we appreciate the power of baptism to take a person's evil past and consign it to the dustbin of history? In other words, do we appreciate the complete and total forgiveness that baptism brings to us? Many of us might not because we were baptized as infants. And so we didn't have any past at that point to be forgiven for. But we still did need to have original sin dealt with. We lacked sanctifying grace. So we needed the sacrament for that purpose so that we could have the hope of eternal life. And besides that, in the years since our baptisms, we have all been forgiven for a lot of sins in the sacrament of confession. At least I hope we have. 
Well, believe it or not, at the root of that forgiveness, the forgiveness of confession, is baptism. Remember, my brothers and sisters, the only reason we can receive the forgiving grace of the sacrament of confession is because we have already received the saving grace of the sacrament of baptism. Baptism is the first sacrament. It is the door to all the other sacraments. Baptism, in a very real sense, makes confession possible. You can't receive the Eucharist unless you are already baptized. It's the door to all the sacraments. If a person is not baptized and they're an adult, then they don't need confession, at least not initially. They need to be baptized. And when they are finally baptized, all the sins of their past life are forgiven without ever being confessed. In fact, when an adult is baptized and he eventually goes to confession a few months perhaps later, the only sins he has to confess are the ones he committed since he was baptized. But Father Ray, what if he committed every mortal sin in the book before he was baptized? It doesn't matter. Wiped away. That's the power of the sacrament. Not only that, even the temporal punishment due to their sins is taken away when they are baptized. People are baptized as adults. Which means that if somebody dies immediately after repenting of their sins as an adult and being baptized, there's no need for that person to go to purgatory. It's a straight shot. I think it's adult converts like Dr. Bernard Nathanson who appreciate all this the most. Because people like Dr. Nathanson have a strong sense of what they have been delivered from. They know it. Many of you know Dr. Nathanson's story. He's pretty well known at this point. He was raised in a Jewish family, but he eventually declared himself to be an atheist. He became famous, world famous, in the 1970s because he ran the largest abortion clinic in the world at the time was located on the east side of Manhattan, and he himself pre presided over approximately, this is what he estimates, 75,000 abortions. Nathanson even killed one of his own children in that abortion mill. He eventually became pro-life, thank God. But you know what? It was not because he had faith. He became pro-life when he was still an atheist. He became pro-life very simply because he recognized the scientific truth that the fetus in the womb is a human being. He finally got that message. With all his medical training, he had denied it for so long. But the interesting thing is his past continued to haunt him. He was doing great things in the pro-life movement. He produced a couple of films, The Silent Scream, Eclipse of Reason, he was in great demand as a speaker. People loved him in the pro-life movement. But the man had no peace on the inside, and he admitted it later on. He said, and here I quote, I plunged into a very serious, profound depression. I found myself almost unable to go to work. I was deeply troubled by what I had done in my life. Another marriage was falling apart. My son was emotionally disturbed. I was getting older, and as I looked back, all I could see was the baggage of 75,000 little lives interrupted and destroyed. 
and a great deal of adult lives that I had damaged. I reached bottom spiritually in those years, and I seriously thought about suicide. I felt there was really no reason to go on. He did have a conversion of faith, thank God. But it didn't happen instantaneously. It happened over a period of time with the help of a priest that you see sometimes on EWTN, Father John McCloskey. You may recognize the name. Look for him on EWTN. I think he has his own show. Finally, on December the 9th, 1996, Dr. Nathanson was baptized, born again of water and the Spirit at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. The late Cardinal John O'Connor was the one who officiated the ceremony. He baptized Dr. Nathanson. The doctor described his experience that day in this way. He said, it was a very difficult moment. I was in a real whirlpool of emotion. And then there was this healing, cooling water on me. And soft voices. And an inexpressible sense of peace. I had found a safe place. For so many years, I was agitated, nervous, intense. My emotional metabolism was way up. Now I've achieved a sense of peace. I can't tell you how grateful I am, what an unrequitable debt I have to those who prayed for me all those years when I was publicly announcing my atheism and lack of faith. They stubbornly, lovingly prayed for me. I am convinced beyond any doubt that those prayers were heard. It brought tears to my eyes. The past is history. The moment a person is baptized. Dr. Bernard Nathanson definitely understands that. Hopefully we do as well. As for the future, that's a mystery. For him, it's a mystery for all of us, as that line from Kung Fu Panda makes very clear. Apropos of that, I received an email just a couple of weeks ago from a friend of mine. He's a young EMT in another part of the state. He's in his 20s now. And he was having difficulty dealing with the sudden death of a police officer in his town who was a good friend of his. The police officer was also in his 20s, and he had died the night before of an apparent heart attack. I think the young EMT was upset in part because this tragedy brought him, maybe for the first time, face to face with his own mortality and with the uncertainty of, it, of this earthly life. I think he realized that could have been me. Yes, life is a mystery. The future is a mystery. But you know what? Through the sacrament of baptism that this young man received more than two decades ago, he was brought into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I told him, look, through Christ, you can find the strength you need to deal with the future, whatever it's going to hold for you, for your loved ones, for your family. You can approach it with faith and courage. So can we. As St. Paul put it in Philippians 4, he said, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. So I don't fear the future. 
St. John conveyed a similar idea in that second reading we just heard when he said, Who indeed is the victor over the world but the one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe? Yes. Then you've got that power within you. The future need not fill us with fear. Which brings us to the gift that is today in spite of the weather. <laughs> Today is where we live, is it not? You know, when you think about it, my brothers and sisters, we may reflect on the future and reflect on the past, but what we do right now is what's most important because, you know what, the present moment is all that we're guaranteed. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. That's why the Bible says make the most of every opportunity because all you've got is right now. But sometimes we don't do that, do we? We delay doing things that we know we should do right away. We delay our repentance. We delay acts of charity. We delay making amends with the people we need to make amends with. We delay making the positive changes in our lives we know we should make. We don't make the most of every opportunity. But it does not have to be that way. That's the good news. Once again, if we are living in this relationship with Christ, a relationship that's rooted in our baptism, Jesus will remind us of what we should be doing right now, whether we want to be reminded of it or not. And better yet, he will also give us the grace we need through prayer and the sacraments to follow through on our good intentions. And he will help us to be more grateful for everything, even for our trials and the challenges we experience. The past is history. The future is a mystery. But today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. Oh Lord, help us to remember how these words apply to the sacrament of baptism. And help us to live our lives accordingly, beginning right now. Amen.